There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram comment section. Leave them on your Twitter or leave them on your Facebook. We'll see them. Week 11 of COVID lockdown. You know what bothers me is that people, sometimes I say COVID, they're like, you mean COVID? I'm like, who cares? Who fucking cares? We're getting even more pedantic and nitpicky as a society. I did this video for New York Fashion Week and was it New York Fashion Week? Yeah. And I like leaned down for, what did I do? And someone was like, you need to dust your floor. You need to mop your floors. I'm like, you need to get a fucking life quit nitpicking just because you hate your own life. That's what's going to come down. On the judgment day, the universe is going to be like, were you super picky about every little thing that someone who you think is better than you did as a way of making yourself feel like you have control over anything? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you're going rank to hell. And hell is just an audition waiting room where the producers keep coming out and saying, hi guys, we're just running behind. Thank you so much for coming to Santa Monica at five o'clock on a Friday. We're just, oh, we're oh, saying hi to everyone but you. Very relatable. I know, but they get it. They get it because we all share a heart. Welcome to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything, a show that I think is becoming increasingly more and more important, nay pertinent to your mental health. Uh, because, you know, in this COVID, 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 lockdown, you know, you start wondering, am I crazy? Do I have my own thoughts? And you have no soundboard. As many pieces as the New York Times prints about having a fun time at home, what you can do at home. By the way, remember when this all started and everyone was like, staycation ideas. Here's how to turn your home into your own retreat. Yeah, well, you know what ain't working? Sipping a margarita and staring out your one window in your apartment. Nice try. Looks good in print, not a real thing. Although before this all happened months ago, I asked the internet if I could put a towel down in the window and get a tan from inside my house. And they were like, no. I think your windows like block out stuff, but that's fine. I don't need a tan. I don't need a tan. We don't need tans. Oh, female comic says tanning is bad. Yeah, it's fucking bad. And you know what? Some people are meant to be very white. Enjoy it. Nothing you can do. Just like your skin and move on. I'll never be tan. I'll never be a teen model. I mean, you get tan. No, I get, my arms get speckly and tan. My legs refuse. It's like every night melanin just like seeps out of my body and my legs are like, we can't, we could burn a little. And the only part I want tan are my legs. I just want to tan my chicken thighs. And they're always just creamy, chunky, white. They just won't tan. That's the way your body works. The thing that you want, like I have extremely long eyelashes, always have. 
I would love for those eyelashes to grow in a little bit more on my eyebrows and like some of my hair that's like not that thick. Nope. Lush eyelashes. Baby hair. Kick it. We're here to answer your questions, make you feel better. You are not alone. Usually I say you guys are driving to work, but you're not. Some of you are. If you're a healthcare worker slash saint, maybe that's what you're doing, but you're probably, maybe you're trying a new workout. Uh, I'm always afraid I'm going to say regime. There's a workout that I do and the girl says, and you can put this into your fitness regime. I'm like, so Pol Pot is there just like doing curls in the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, Fitness regimen. Um, And uh, so that's, you're probably listening to this. Maybe you're cleaning up around the house. Maybe you're just lying in a bathtub, but we're here to answer your questions. And more importantly, see that other people, you see yourself reflected in other people's questions. Because for the most part, we all have the same problems for the most part. Okay, kick it. Okay, good. Okay, we got a lot of questions from your texting because you text with people. If people want to text you, they can uh, message 323-370-4480. That info is also on your Instagram profile. And you, that number is 323-370-4480. Oh, I wrote it down. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but I did look at you while I said it. Yeah, you didn't look at it. So that counts, right? Partial credit. Thanks, yeah. teacher. See you at summer school. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so people text you. You talk to them about random stuff. By the way, if you're a part of our community and you are on that and you are texting me, I thousands a day. So I really try to answer them. But yeah. at a certain point, I have to go uh, stress eat candy. So I can't answer you. Yeah. But you sent out, you made a separate list a while ago. You said, Hey guys, if one of you, if you're into, uh, ask lies, anything, send me a little envelope emoji and you'll get added to my ask lies, anything list. And then, uh, you sent out to just those people, those special, special ask Eliza fans. And you said you have questions. So now, wait, can Mm. I say something? Mm -hmm. I wanted to add a segment to the show because now that we can't do hot Scotty, um, People miss him. Remember when, but I only want to say it because I just want to say, remember when colored denim was a thing? Like I for sure did Jimmy Fallon's, the Jimmy Fallon show before was the night show wearing salmon colored jeans. I don't recall this outfit on you. It's on the internet. Uh, And they were like dope. Like it was a cool color, but like blue, blue jeans and like having like yellow jeans, Uh like colored denim was a thing. Uh, And you don't really see it anymore. No. So many girls sitting in like Nebraska. They're like, what do you mean? In their yellow denim. Yeah. (laughs) I would do it again. It'll probably be back, but different and more expensive. (laughs) Color denim. Kick it. Emily asks. No. Oh, it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. One of your, one of your buds, one of your texting buds, Emily asks, is a small tasteful pet tribute tattoo okay? Or is that super tacky? I lost my 18 year old cat in February. Now I, Emily Higgins also want to know because I want to get a tribute while my cat's alive. And I told you, because I think of you and your level of dedication to me and your loyalty. And I'm reminded of Kimmy, the late Nicole the hell was her last name? It's the one oh, that died. Anna Nicole Smith? <laughs> yeah. The late Nicole Scherzinger, otherwise known as Eliza Schlesinger. The late Anna Nicole Smith had that assistant, Kimmy, mm. who had... Kimmy. Remember, do you ever watch that show? It was like before you. No, I watched where... Kimmy. Paris Hilton was trying to find a new best friend and she had an assistant. No, that that's was. bullshit because that was like all fake. But this was like real. Anyways, Kimmy had a tattoo of Anna Nicole Smith. Ooh. So that's what I'm angling for for my birthday. <laughs> you asked me about getting a tattoo of Gracie. Now you are like, a, I don't know if you self-identify as a nerd. You like nerdy things, yeah. but you're, to me, you're very cool mm-hmm. and you're funny and you're like, you still like know what's going on. 
<laughs> so I think you could do um, a forearm tattoo. That's exactly where I would get it. Right. And I told you that. Mm-hmm. And I said it should be of Gracie. And maybe there's like a ribbon in motion under it. And it just mm-hmm. says, live in fear. <laughs> Don't touch my face. You know, like you have that cat shirt with like cute little white kittens. And it says like seething with rage. Yeah. That's a very you thing. Yeah. You present as like, I'm from Georgia. Absolutely. Would love to help your fans. <laughs> Ain't my shit. <laughs> the best. This should be my top of the cob. The best was, okay. And you should know this as a fan. We have created, as a society, there's like less and less boundaries between you and celebrities. You know, everything from DM to cameo to social media in general. And I have a very fluid exchange with my fans. Sometimes people abuse it. And that causes me to pull back a little bit. Um, I'm just going to go out and say this right now. I want everyone to get a refund for their tickets for the shows that have been rescheduled or postponed. It is not me holding on to your money. I have nothing to do with it. I have said to my agents and everyone, because there was a point where they're like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, let's just give it a beat. And then when it became clear that this epidemic was going to grip our nation, I said, please give it back. I don't want anything to do with it. Right. I've never had your money. It's the ticket companies uh, and it's the venues. Mm -hmm. So DMing me about it, I, it, you may as well be DMing Beyonce. There's nothing to be done. I will right. erase it. I don't have your money. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing performers can do no. unless I'm, I'm hand-ticketing these items, which I'm not. So somebody the other day was like, I want a ticket for something. And so we were kind enough to, and this had nothing to do with a refund, to say, okay, here, go to, what was it? Remember the girl that like wanted something? And she was like, people get really lazy. The yes. internet has all your answers. And DMing the artist for further instructions, I'd almost rather not have you in my audience. <laughs> if you don't have the wherewithal to figure out a website, yeah. you're probably not going to get the jokes. And so this girl asked a question and then, so we sent her the link and she's like, yeah, but how do I navigate? It was like a really basic questions. Yeah. And so I screen grabbed, I sent it to Emily and the girl's like, yeah, but how do I pick which date works for me? And Emily wrote back to me, how about eat a dick? And I've never seen <laughs> Emily explode like that, which no. warranted. I will, I will so clarify. Um, sometimes your questions are valid. Most of the time they're not. Sometimes yeah. it's like there really is something wrong with the website or whatever. And people let me know and I appreciate it. And I look into it and I fix it. And I think everyone as a human being knows whether their question is valid or not. Like you can tell. Uh, And we really, I spend so much time every time we do an announcement about anything, thinking about what will the dumbest person be confused about on this? You really write things (laughs) as best. And we are coming from the perspective, like we know the business inside and out. But like, (laughs) if you can't figure it out, ask an adult to read it for you. We really tried to reach as many people. The answer is never DM the celebrity (laughs) and ask them how to buy the tickets. I'm sorry. Like, I want your tickets. I want yeah. you to come. I can't hold your hand like that. But now, again, there are certain instances that are valid. If you think that your thing was valid, it probably was. And there and have been times that people have been like, this doesn't work. And I've gone and that's alerted me to a greater issue. Yes, absolutely. But the amount of times where it's like, no, they just didn't understand how to double click their mouse. Nine times yes. out of ten. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm constantly talking to people who run venue websites. And I'm just like, I oh, understand you can click this, but people don't know that they should click where it says click here. So can there be 80 arrows pointing to it? I think like the rule just- in business is as many people as you can put between your idea and the execution <laughs> gives you each time exponentially a greater chance of messing it up. And I think that's any business. Yeah. What was the question? Uh, okay. <laughs> so we got into just talking about me telling someone to eat a dick, but- Someone's asking if a small, tasteful pet tribute tattoo is okay. (laughs) I think- Oh, we really got off topic. I think if it's something that you really want to do and that you choose carefully and you pick an artist you like, I think that's- Why is that? It's the same as any other tattoo. It's it's personal. 
Yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other day and I, cause I don't have any tattoos. I don't want any tattoos. Then you always like dabble in your mind. You're like, oh, what if I, cause I think I would look dope with hand tattoos, like gritty punk rock. And I'd be like, like that's over just it or like, like there's a pop star I love who has right there. Just on the like meat, a tribal, the on pinky the meat, meat side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The palm pinky meat. Yeah. No, like on your fingers, but it's a vibe and you got it. Like that's, nobody has that as like, and I'm also a surgeon. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, I love Blanche so much and she was so special. The farther away you get from the day it happened, your grief, you will always miss that pet. I would have regret if I had a Blanche tattoo now, I'd be like, eee. it does. It's not like a parent or something. You will miss that pet forever. Mm-hmm. I have found that the pain has faded. So mm-hmm. maybe in a year, if you still feel that way, then get it. But don't I like act that. on emotion. <laughs> Uh, unless, by the way, it's like grumpy cat and it's a fun tattoo or it's this beautiful thing. Right. Maybe you have other tattoos. I would just hold a beat. <clears throat> yeah. Because then you're up there with the guy that gets like Mona tattooed on his neck. Mona. I just said her. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the, if the cat died in February, you know, we're still pretty close to that. So if you still want it next February, maybe that's how you mark the. Get an artist to draw a picture of her, write a poem about her, give it a beat so you're not. A, you know, years from now, be like, yes, yeah, my dog, I loved her. I wish I didn't have it. And let's like a dope tattoo. So, and if you do it, make sure you spend the money on it. Like, don't, this is yeah. not something to cheap out on. Yeah, I mean, research the artist. Don't just like walk in. If someone's no. taking you for a walk in, you don't want them. Go to a consultation, meet with someone, pay them a fair amount to like create the image, you know, do do everything you can to make sure it's what you want. A good tattoo is like $50,000. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yes. Buy your brother a frozen banana. What could it cost? A hundred dollars? Okay. Are you watching that right now? No, but it's a funny, it's a quote we say in our house a lot. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. 
Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Kick it. Brooke says, my name is Brooke and I'm from Dallas. No. I have loved coming to see you live and watching your series during quarantine. My question is, what schools did you attend when you were in grade school? I graduated and now live in Colorado, but I thought it might be funny to know if we went to the same schools. Thanks. Love your shows. You make me laugh so much. Stay safe and keep on cooking. Well, if you ever wanted a question that would eliminate uh, 99.99% of our audience, uh, that's it. You went to some like fancy high school, right? Let's go through them. Uh, as a child, I attended Green. You don't use any of these for your like password reset info, right? No. Okay. I mean, wink, wink. Uh, I attended Green Hill, a lovely private school that okay. goes K through 12. Yeah. And I went there pre-K, K, first grade. Parents got a divorce. Then I was sent to a school called Shelton for kids with learning disabilities. And it turned out I didn't have a learning disability. Whoops-a-daisy. So needless to say, I was fire in that math class last time ever. Crushing it. Third grade, I attended a school called Brinker Elementary in Plano, Texas. And for fourth and fifth grade, I attended Mitchell Elementary. Um, I guess that's in Plano. Maybe it's Dallas. Um, I was one of the first students there. So all of our names are inscribed on a placard next to a meteorite in the waiting room. You can go there and see it. And (laughs) then sixth through eighth grade middle school, I attended Renner Middle School, which has changed buildings several times with Shepton, the high school. And then for high school, I attended Green Hill. So a lot of schools. And then University of University of Kansas, Kansas for one year. And Emerson, Emerson College for two to three years. Graduated early, did a semester at sea. Mm-hmm. Moved out here, did the Emerson LA program. And three years later, won a show called Last Comic Standing. And now I have a podcast. Really? There you go. Emulate that. There you go. That's a lot of different schools. It is. And it's not like a troubled child thing. Like they had rezoned. So there's a school yeah. by my house. And then, so it was the, a lot of the same kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Mm. So, I mean, it's tough to get a divorce and then have be misdiagnosed <laughs> with a learning disability. And then it turns out you're fine. <laughs> but I, uh, whatever. I'm still I, not good at math. I went to a Montessori school from K through seventh grade. That's why you're such a brat. I picked my own curriculum. I did. And I just wouldn't do the things I didn't like. So I'm still not good at them. Yeah, that's why little kids should not have choices. No, I should not have been given the choices no. I was given. And then my parents transferred me to a public high school so I wouldn't be weird. Fair. Fair. And I was like, that was a good call. But did that work? No. 
Oh, it worked. I mean, my first year at the public high school, I You're like you should have seen the, me before. I told the principal that kids were trading drugs. And it turned out that they were just sharing bags of Kool-Aid powder. I think that was a lie and they you were doing drugs. Included. That hard of a drug in like a nice suburb? I, I don't think so. it was like the first week and I went to the principal and was like, I saw drugs. Actually, if it's a nice suburb, it's probably a harder drug. <laughs> this was not a nice school. Okay. Kick <laughs> it. All right. Caleb says, if you ever had to become a martial arts master, which style or form would you learn? And who would be your ultimate nemesis slash boss slash master warrior? I don't want to answer this because I don't know enough about like Brazilian jitsu versus regular jitsu versus Muay Thai. Who who would be your nemesis? What kind of a question? I want to do what Bruce Lee can do. You know where Bruce Lee can have his hand like an inch from your chest and still knock you out? No, I want to be like the David Carradine five finger death Smash oh, from yeah. Kill Bill. Yeah. Five pu- marching death match thing. <laughs> five, five, My five ultimate pump. nemesis? I mean, can it just be the idea of online trolls? Can it be yeah, you fight a Hitler? Troll. Like, that's such a... I'm not going to, like, pick an actual person. Oh, you know what? That woman who works on our block, that that lady that takes care of that other lady who's, like, always <laughs> a bitch nemesis. to me. Yeah. We've only, your nemesis. We've only talked once, but she's a real B. <laughs> uh, I don't know what style. Um... I don't know. They all seem pretty dope. I don't think I'm be like, no, I don't want to be a karate master. Yeah. Dr. Daniel, who we had on the podcast. Um, is he also a karate master? He was like number three in the country with a bow staff in oh high school. God. Yeah. And he takes karate. Like Daniel will save your life or mm-hmm. fuck you up, just depending. So. <laughs> Good guy to have in your corner. He is yin and yang. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. Why do you always wear a baseball cap? <laughs> Sounds like a dude. Dudes get so weird when their boners are denied. Like, take off your head. Let's see. I, I just like wearing it. Yeah. I like a backward baseball cap. I like, you know, you don't have to deal with your hair. Um, I think it just kind of, it, you feel a little protected. Mm-hmm. The sun's out of your eyes. There's less focus on your face. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to be recognized, honestly. Sometimes you just feel like kind of being quiet that day. Um, I like that there's shade on my face. I look good in a hat. I like my collection of hats. Yeah, you have cool hats. Uh, yeah, I'm not like going bald or something. I just <laughs> like wearing them. But I'm very picky about my hats as I am about my t-shirts. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, as you get older, you want less direct sun on your under eye area. And I wear sunglasses and a hat. Sometimes you just like to feel a little cocooned, ensconced in anonymity. Hmm. Like a sea anemone. Well, the clownfish in the anemone. Okay, okay. Hey, Eliza. Huge I also fan. look really cute in a hat. You pull off a hat well. Like a baseball cap. The rest yeah. of the hats I don't do. That's weird. Like Jody wears hats and this is like not my thing. Oh, she can do a hat. She loves a hat and she I don't own that. I'm not, I'm never. You're not a fun hat person. No. That would be a tough move. But uh, I mean, a beanie, you like could a toque. Do, you could do that. I feel like you could do at like a poolside, one of those big brim floppies. As a woman, you should have a big brim and I have one and it's all smashed up and I wear it kind of like ironically. Um... <laughs> Mm-hmm. But a beanie I love. If you yeah. catch me touring in the winter, if that ever happens again, I always have one of two beanies on. Yeah. Um, that's it. There you go. Yeah. I like to show off the ends of my dry hair. <laughs> Anonymous. Hey, Liza, huge fan of the pod. Just before shutdown, I was about to quit my job after hostile circumstances involving my manager. Now I'm afraid that many people won't be hiring in my profession, skincare, and I'll be stuck at my current mm. job what are your thoughts? Should I just suck it up and stay there until all of this blows over or should I just quit and look for another job? Where do you live? Uh, I don't know. I think this person should 
stay with this job until yes. they find another one. Don't leave this job. Don't leave a job in this economy no. right now. until you have another job. No. And also there's skincare and there's skincare. There's dermatologists and then there's everyone else. And if you're not a dermatologist and you work in skincare, it is not essential. We all love facials. We all love products. It is not essential. Yeah. Dermatologists, I mean, there's that famous Seinfeld episode was like, Pip on Popper MD, but she had like, like diagnosed skin cancer. Yeah. The idea that you would leave a job in this uncertain economy is insane. So hold on to that job. It won't be much longer and just hold on to it. Hold on, especially because whatever you guys were fighting about, I mean, the work environment might might still be hostile, but everything is so different that it's just like, bear with it for now. I mean, you don't, the alternative is you have no money and your state like (sighs) bumbles, not bumbles, what is it? Bungle? Bungles. (laughs) Unemployment. Bungles unemployment and you're just fucked. Yeah. So just, this is part of being an adult. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. It. There was an insane, there's an error with the IRS stimulus site where if you don't put in your info in all caps, like you put it in in lowercase, it's like, okay, we don't know, but you're you're here, but we don't know what you get. But if you put it in all caps, it's like, oh, here you go. Like, it's like the fact that it was it. coded that way yeah. is insane. It, well, it's all done to add to a bureaucratic process so oh. hopefully people won't claim it. That's why. Yeah. That's why everything is difficult. That's why websites for companies, for refunds, anything that would make your life easier, they make it difficult. Insurance as well, hoping that you will give up. Yeah. There's no reason you're doing something online to click through that many things other than they're hoping that you won't ask for your money. Yeah. It's always easy to sign up. Uh, ADT is a great example. Super easy to sign up. I had to have a public meltdown on Twitter to get them to pay attention to me in order to get somebody on the case so that I could quit. Yeah. They make it, it's all designed to drive you crazy. Everything's mm-hmm. designed to fuck you. So moral of the story is keep your job. That way you have some money. Yeah. So you can feed yourself. Hello, everyone. I have an extreme aversion to pictures. Hello. I legitimately hate having my picture taken. Funny enough, I was a VIP at one of your shows last year and took a photo with you. It took a lot for me to get the courage. I want my money back, I cons- but I can't click through. <laughs> I considered just meeting you, getting an autograph and leaving, but I somehow worked up the nerves to do it. I look at the photo now and can't stand looking at myself. I've considered counseling about it. I have a feeling it's a deeper rooted issue. As someone who has had thousands of photos taken, have any advice for me? No. Because, I mean, are you, is it a weight issue? Sometimes people, if they're overweight, they don't like, that's a thing. They don't like to take pictures or look at themselves. And I've seen with friends who have gained weight, uh, they are never in the pictures. Um, I'm not saying that has to be the reason. As I've gotten older, I've taken less pictures of myself just because, I don't know, maybe it's getting married. You're just kind of like, I don't care. Uh, If it's not a weight issue, because that's usually a thing with people, you know, it sounds like a self-esteem issue. Or it sounds like you don't value yourself and you think you're ugly for some reason that actually might not have anything to do with your physical appearance. Maybe it's an attention thing and you don't like it. I mean, I, when we get the pictures taken, you know, we have a a minute or two, you get one picture. People are like, wait, do you like the picture? And my response is always, it's your picture. As long as you think you look good, I am very used to looking at pictures and sometimes think I look great, sometimes I look bad, but I let it go because there's so many pictures taken. The truth is... You never look as bad as you think you look. Right. Um, maybe talk to your parents. They probably know a little bit about, you know, if, they're, if your parents are there for you and cool. Um, you know, did, was this always the case? Did something happen? Were you like sexually assaulted? Like did something happen where the idea of looking at yourself upsets you? Because it sounds like what you have to do is actually look at yourself and go inward and figure that out. I think it's definitely not a bad idea to talk to a counselor if you have access to one. And just 
talk it of through course, with you someone. But also, weirdly, it's weirdly narcissistic to not want to look at yourself because you think you're so bad looking that everyone's paying attention to how bad looking you are. Peak narcissism. So, yeah, do some soul searching. The fact you're even bringing up a counselor, you should. Because you don't have to take glamour shots every day, but you should be able to make memories for yourself and look back at stuff. Then you can enjoy that picture of you and Eliza. Yeah. And by the way, some people don't like to be in pictures and that's okay too, but you should at least know why. Yes. There, that's all it is. It's not about the picture. It's about why. Can't feel yeah. so sorry. Jamie E, uh, an ERRN. So Jamie Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> an ERRN in Las Vegas Oof. asks... Do you have any inside tips on when you will be able to perform again? Are you missing it more than anything? Yes. I'm sure you appreciate as we all do the time spent with your sweet family, but no. have you crawled a wall or two at all? Yes. Uh, it's on an hourly basis. I'm like mini temper tantrums. I miss it so much. It is my greatest joy in life. I miss my job. I shudder to think that like I'll be a grandma living in another country because the United States will have folded and all my grandparents, my kids will be like, Grandma, is this you? I'm like, it was a long time ago. I used to take the stage as a great lady. Um, oh, I want to address the first part of the question, which is, do you have any inside tips on comedy? I what, what want to say- What is that such an inside tips on On, on when you're coming back. Oh. Uh, and I want to say- you have been very active in speaking with everyone. Like, as you said, you're not the one that's booking these shows personally. Like, you're not the one picking the date. You're not the one. You have been very, very, very active since even before this really started. I think you were one of the first people to kind of be like, all right, we we need to take a second look at this. And you are getting information out to people as soon as you it. are able to. Like, ASAP, and and I've been on the threads with you where you're like, hey, we got to make a decision on this because I want to tell people so that they know for their right. plans. So Super cognizant of your timelines and plans. Yeah, so Eliza is putting out any info that she has. She is putting it out absolutely the Thanks. second that, that we can. Thanks. So, you know, you, there's nothing that we're holding back. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not. Also, weirdly, the nearest date we have on the books is 4th of July weekend in Las Vegas. And I know that your mayor is like really horny to like put you guys and make you guys the um, control group. Yeah. Uh, But I didn't think what she was saying was that insane, but it's still insane. Anyway, uh, if Las Vegas says come on by, I would come. If they said I could go, even at a reduced capacity, I would be there. In fact, there was an Instagram post this morning that was like state of Texas opening up venues and I screen grabbed it. I sent it to my agent. I'm like, let's go to Texas. I will play a fucking giggle bucket. I do not care. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to come see me and I would I would do that if I, if it's safe. But, but you're right. We're trying to be very cognizant of what is safe and what is not safe. So yeah. female comic- uh, responsible for second wave of COVID, typhoid Mary, here you come. Yeah, so just so you know, like this is a constant thing and and anything that you don't know about yet, we don't know either and we are constantly trying to get answers and confirm things and figure it out. So, you know, like, it's- like, I'll handle this. I just, like, just want to make sure that people know that that's been really top of mind. Like you're not just like kicking back, like whatever. Yeah. You're, you're trying to get answers. Screw this loyal fan base. Yeah, so... um, And I want to explain to some people, because when this first started and people were like, oh, why are the new shows so far away? Now, thank God they were, they got pushed back because we don't know what's happening. But also, guys, Eliza isn't the only person booked in a venue. Like, the venue has other plans for the rest of the year. So when we cancel a show and rebook at a different date, it has to be a day where there isn't someone else there. The venue isn't just empty every night waiting for Eliza to come there. I like to think it is. So So. your speech was great until that part. (laughs) Anyway, so there's the answer. Yeah. 
When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Kick it. Okay. And we meant, we said all that with a smile. We appreciate the oh, question. To- no, totally. Yeah. That's why I wanted to answer it is be like, hey guys, we appreciate that you are being patient and we are getting you info absolutely you as sound, quickly. You sound angry. I know, I'm yelling now. <laughs> I'm yelling. Why are you mad, Ma? <laughs> oh. Ugh. 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 We both didn't like that. Ugh. Blunt smoke. <laughs> Go on. Hot. Okay. <laughs> this is from Suzanne. Suzanne. At Faye underscore fly. P.S. Sorry about the underscore. Sorry. Hey, Liza Chan Fu, Smokey Man, and the missing baby arm and hot Scotty. How do you and Smokey Man do presents? I mean, do you hide them somewhere or you just get them and say, this is your birthday present even though it's still two months away? I live with my boyfriend and I know if I get him something for Christmas in October or November, I run the risk of either him seeing it and now I don't have that surprise factor or of him buying it for himself without telling me. Thanks. Well, I think, you know, the idea, you want to get some... I don't think it's a problem to give it early. I mean, it sucks because you don't get to open it that day and maybe you can get something small, but mm-hmm. my husband doesn't buy anything for himself. I also, he's really good at giving gifts for stuff that you didn't know you needed. I think that's a great gift. It's like something that you never would have bought for yourself or something you didn't know you needed. Like my manager one year got me something called a roncho and it's a robe poncho. I never would have bought it. Uh, the colors are weird, but I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so there's that. I mean, how do we give gifts? It's usually I buy him clothes because he needs them and he buys me something that I didn't know that I wanted. Do you give them to him on his birthday? Yeah, I, the older you get, the less that really means. Do you and have a hiding spot? I don't have a hiding spot, but if you want- I a have hiding a hiding spot here. It's like in your office, like your no. squirrel hole. Okay, well, here's the other thing. Like, you probably live in an apartment. Put it in your box of tampons. Like, he's never gonna go in there. Yeah. So Noah could hide something in the kitchen and I, or just high up. Like, I never reach for things. <laughs> he puts candy there sometimes, so I can't get to it. He's like, if you really wanna pull over a chair, I'm like, ah, it's too much work. Yeah. Um, hide it in your car. Oh, that's you a know, good one. Whatever. I've had stuff in my car. Or just put it, leave it in the, in the, store and then pick it up the day before. I think, you know, I definitely have trouble keeping my own secrets and surprises. So sometimes I'll be like, it's a week in advance. I know, but here you go. Mm-hmm. And they get, you know, even though you say you're okay with it, you're like, just give it to me now. I just want it. But then when the birthday comes along, you're like, and I'm, like, I'm like, sure do wish I had a gift. Yeah. You should always get two gifts. It should always be like the present and then something small. Yeah. You should always have multiple presents. And that's, what's been really hard for me during this epidemic is not having <sighs> gifts and presents. <laughs> Did you ever, as a kid, try to go like find your Hanukkah presents? Well, it's very encouraged in the Jewish religion at Passover to go find the Afikomen, which is where people go look for matzah and then you get money. Um, that's like a big part of the Passover Seder, which you don't do if you don't have kids. Uh, no, because the Hanukkah presents were always out on the fireplace just waiting there just as wrap. your Christmas, you know, but you definitely go and you shake it or you like try to peek in. But the truth is, if your parents give it to you, then you're still going to be bummed that you don't have something to open. I would go try to find Christmas presents and then I would find them and then I would be so mad that I knew what they were. I'd yeah. be like, why did you hide them so bad? I looked at everything. I know it all. And I also did didn't a bad want job. any of this shit. Return it to Wendy's immediately. <laughs> Wendy says, now that you're a runner, what made you decide to start running? And do you plan on doing any 5K races or half or full marathons? I love doing 5Ks, but any further than that, I'm out. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, because I did just watch Britney Runs a Marathon, which is not the impetus for me running. Oh, great movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. It's, Watkins. Uh, it's, uh, it's three miles of 5K. Okay. I totally thought it was a lot more. And I'm like, what's the big deal? But then when you actually run a full mile, you're like, oh. It's not like in high school where you're like, okay, eight minute mile, no problem. Like yeah. it is difficult. Um, that movie, notwithstanding, I took a walk, social distancing walk with a neighbor and she showed me this path through my neighborhood that I had never, I'd only driven by. I never thought about doing it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to run because for the longest time in my old neighborhood, I couldn't run. It was too too many blind turns. It was way too hilly, just unsafe. And this neighborhood's a little different. Um, I decided to start running because it's been such nice weather and we're not getting like a summer here. Like you're not going to get to do all the fun things. And the other day, Noah and I were in our shorts and the windows were open. It was sunny and it it felt like we were going to go to a barbecue. Like Mm -hmm. you're in your shorts and you've got sunscreen on and the mood felt like we were packing up for it, even though we weren't. And I just felt like running, I'm bad at it. So I think it's fun to have a hobby that you're not great at. Mm -hmm. There's no stakes. It's you're definitely burning more calories and building muscle more than you would just an in-home workout, which I still do those, but you know, it was a way for me to interact with the summer and retain a little bit of nostalgia. You're outside, you can smell the grass, you're sweating and you know, you come in sweating and exhausted and you feel like you've been at camp. You feel like you've been out with your friends, getting a sunburn by the pool. It felt normal. Um, and I think it feels really good to be exhausted and get it out of the way and sweat and just know that you've put your body through something. Um, so that's why I started doing it. And you know that, you know, you got a good workout because you, you're breathing so hard. I don't love being out of breath, but I love knowing that 
every part of my body is working. Mm-hmm. And that if I get lazy later, because sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'll just do like a Pilates workout. And it's, you know, I know that I got out of the way. So I, and I, I just like it. I like feeling like it's summer. I like being sweaty and feeling like I actually did something. So that's why I've run four days in a row now. I'm not great at it. Uh, it's really hard to run uphill. Um, but I'm, and that was my top of the cob. Sorry. Well, that's okay. So that's what I like about it. I like feeling like, it's kind of like when you work really hard all day and then you earn having, oh, that's my fucking bottom of the cob. There it is. Uh, a drink. There's something very fulfilling about your head hitting the pillow at night and your eyes are closed before you even hit the pillow because you know that you reached your potential that day. And running, even if it's only for a little bit, I doubt I'm running that far, but I know that I've put myself through something. Like I've really earned that feeling. Mm-hmm. And it stays with you all day. And I really like that. That's what I like about working out. So vote for running in 2020. Even And you know what? I even rock some of it because you get just as much cardio by walking up a very steep hill. And you feel good. You can feel the fat jiggle. You feel good about yourself. I don't like running or the outdoors. I mean, but the reason I would get involved in marathons is because they have, sometimes they have really cool medals. Okay. I'm never going to run a marathon because just running these laps in my neighborhood, I think I'm going to die. Yeah. I can't see myself doing that because, but you know. I love the medal. My, my, my friend, uh, George runs marathons and he, he has the coolest medals. Like there, if you do, and they do themed want, ones, okay. like they'll do like a superhero one or whatever. Do you and have to buy your a, way into a 5k? No, I think a lot of them know. There's like some like New I bet York. I could do a 5K because if yeah. it's flat, if it's uphill, then goodbye. They have one that they do over at like CBS or something or and they have one that they do at Universal where you run past the minions and you get like a minion medal and it's just like these themed ones. And I'm like, oh, I like that idea of a reward. I don't think, you know what? I'm in pretty good shape. I bet I don't have to train for that 5K. Like running at a, at a yeah. medium pace, for yeah. those of you that remember that joke. I bet I could do that. Three miles, I could do Because there are the ones that are like casual and then like my my uncle is like a, stri- a runner runner where you apply to be in the New York Marathon in advance and you have to get approved and it's all a whole big thing. I have oh. two bottom of the cobs now. Okay. Okay, okay. All right, Lauren W. in Asheville says, my parents gave me and my younger brother and his wife a produce basket Marathon for Easter. Marathon okay. <laughs> One for me and one for them. We each had to go pick it up in our respective cities. I picked mine up and thanked our parents. My brother and his wife did not even bother to pick theirs up. Ew. Also, their anniversary was around Easter. My parents sent them a card with a sizable monetary gift. My brother and his wife didn't even acknowledge the card, let alone thank them. My mom expressed to me that she was hurt by this, and that makes me mad because I know that while my brother has some pent-up resentment towards our parents, dad in particular, for our strict upbringing, we weren't raised to be ungrateful. Should I confront them about their ungrateful irresponsible, immature behavior, what would you say to them? Oh, I, you know, I love to get involved. I, you know me, I love to get involved. Um, that happened, speaking of getting involved, we were sitting in the living room and Noah was like, oh, a little bird. And I look outside, I go, that bird's dead. He's like, it can't be. I just saw it fly in. I go, that's how death works. One minute you're alive, the next minute you're not. Was it dead? It was just laying there. But then I remembered our whole thing with the hummingbird and I go, I'm going to go out there. He goes, don't go out there. And I was like, I'm going to pick it up. He goes, don't go out there. And I said to him, I go, I got to get involved. Uh, we let it sit there. And a couple of minutes later, it was just gone. Mm-hmm. Either a stealth cat came in or it was just in shock and it flew away. I don't Did know. Did it hit the window or it just kind of like keeled? We didn't hear it. I don't know, but it wasn't there. Okay. But I remember just being like, I got to get involved. Yeah. Like I hear something next door. I'm like, I got to get involved. Yeah. I'm such a yenta about it. Um, there's a version, like 
it's we're no stranger to like bro, bro, men. I don't like when my dad raised me. I'm sure there were some positive sides to it. I don't know if the dad like mercilessly beat him. I don't know what you mean by strict. Mm. Um, I'm sure it made him the man he is today, for better or for worse. But these are basic manners. The parents don't owe you any money. And one day they will be dead, and then you can scream at his grave. You love so, saying that. well, I just think people don't think about that. And your mom, you know, you could at least thank her, but you know, you're being ungrateful. And so, aside from your parents uh, gang raping you, I think you owe them a thank you. Um, maybe not even an apology, but a thank you. Think about your mother. I think you would just say that. And if he gets weird about it, it's definitely not your problem. But that sounds bratty. Yeah, I mean, the, the the parents are the ones who really need to let them know how they feel rather than going through you. But if you want to stick up for your mom, you know, I, I think you can say like, hey, what, you know, Whoa, mom you sent you this produce. Turnips don't just grow her. out of the ground, you know. She, someone harvested this. <laughs> apples don't just fall off trees. <laughs> think apples grow on trees? Mm. Oh. Okay, Isaac. I think you want to get involved. I think you want to be like, hey. And you want your family to be nice. Plus, you've got holidays coming up. Uh, as a grown man, he should be embarrassed to receive gifts like that, especially if he cashed that check and not thank them. That's yes. not man behavior. Yes. That's a little bitch behavior. Mm. Kick it. Isaac says, I think my ex is stalking me. I've unfollowed him on everything and he doesn't know my address. I keep seeing him in my town and he keeps following me. I don't live in a very big town and he doesn't have friends in this town. He lives in a different town 30 minutes What's away. Stop saying town. Any advice on what to do further? Okay. So, I mean, I would say don't confront him. Also, make sure you're not being tailed when you go home. Make sure, check that you don't have like GPS thing in your car. Check that all of your social media is completely private or cannot be accessed by people that or not your friends. Make you sure also, you are not tagging locations that you are. You could also confront him. Yeah. Treat yourself like a celebrity. Like I never tag a location until I've left. You may be, you know, unwill, unknowingly doing that. Um, mm -hmm. Try not to go anywhere alone. I don't know if this person is dangerous. Here's the sobering God's honest truth. And I know this having dealt with my own stalker several times. Until he hurts you or kills you, the law is not on your side. Especially right. if you live in California. <laughs> Um, it's not illegal to follow someone. It's not illegal to stare at someone. Mm -hmm. It's not illegal to knock on your front door. Correct. So, and you will not be able to get a restraining order unless he, you get the police involved and unless he's showing signs of mental, uh, oh, incompetency aggression. And, and aggression. So, uh, you can always confront him. If you see him, just walk up and be like, I don't understand, you know, like let him know that you see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, you know. Keep, uh, keep a record keep maybe a record. of when you see him, you know, what's happening just so you can speak to a pattern. Um, yeah, but, that's your best bet is being like, I go to work every day at, at eight. He's always at the 7-Eleven. And, and change up your routes. Like yeah. if you always go to the same coffee shop, try going somewhere else. If you always take the same street to work, try a different street. Just, just be careful, like live like you're in an SVU episode and just, you By know, way, be It is cautious. easy to find where you live, as I found out. Um, yes, uh, there so he are. Does know your address? There are sites. I I would look and try and to search stalk yourself. yourself. Try yes, exactly. Try to stalk yourself. If there is anywhere that has your info, make sure that you take that down. Some of the places you have to submit a request to get it taken down. When it comes to women's health and safety, nobody cares. All these like incel weird dudes like whoa information rights. Your right to privacy pales in comparison to people's obsession with finding out everything about you. So be vigilant. Be safe. Yes, yes. And, uh, and call you're us already, back when you've been murdered because that's what it's going to take. 
you've got an eye out, you know, you're, you're aware of your surroundings. That's really good. You just want to, you know, operate safely. And I think, I believe this is a man, and a, uh, Isaac, but oh, operate as though- saying it about a dude? I believe so. Get some mace and you'll feel much better. I'm not kidding. I got yeah. bear spray. Yeah. I'm ready to I burn your fucking spray. eyes out. You come on my property. And act as though you are a woman that, you know, don't go places alone at night. Like be- and less about physical safety. I mean, I don't know, but also more, it sounds like you're just creeped out, more about having a witness to it. Yes. So that's it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Call us from jail. Okay. okay. Toddsky says, looking for your thoughts on the friend zone. Uh-oh. We all know guys hate it, but it would be interesting to hear a woman's perspective, some context. If I had a dollar for every woman who said how much they liked me as a friend, but not romantically, I'd be rich. $10. Is the friend zone something a guy can ever come out of, or am I in the right to say thanks but no thanks to just being friends, even though they call me an asshole for thinking that way? Uh, I'm 95% sure I'm just not that attractive, which is the root cause, but I try to make up for it in other ways. So there's a lid for every pot. Um, I have, and I don't know what you look like. I have had male friends who are, let's say you're not that attractive, which by the way, that's all relative. So there are women out there that think you're very attractive, I'm sure. And I don't know what you look like. Um, I've had friends who are not that attractive and they constantly, and this is a major, this is a thing with men, but this is an LA thing, constantly go for girls that are out of their league. And you swing for the fences enough, eventually you're gonna hit a home run. But they're always like, I don't get it, girls don't like me. And it's like, yeah, you're going for girls, like you need a smarter girl and the type of hot you're going for girls aren't gonna be the kind of smart. These are girls that hang out at like shitty bars. These are girls of a certain ilk and you're wanting this full package and you're looking in the wrong places. So there's the version where you adjust what you're looking for. But let's say you're going after the right girls and you just haven't found the right one. What if there was a really, let's say you're ugly. I have no idea. Let's say there was a really ugly girl who you met and she had all the same hobbies as you and she was funny and she had insights and she was like, oh, I really want to smash my clam on your face. You know, there's a version where you say to her, I really, I'm getting other things from you that I love. I'm just not sexually attracted to you. That could be the way a lot of girls feel. They love you for you but they're not sexually attracted to you. As a man, I understand that sexual attraction is a huge thing and your sexuality is a huge thing. You are very, you are well within your rights to say thanks, but no thanks, especially if you're meeting them on a dating app. This version where it's like, we'll just stay friends once in a while, fine. But you're out there looking for a connection with someone. Mm -hmm. And any girl that says you're a dick for that is missing the point of dating. Are you saying this to people you've been friends with a while? I feel like this, you're running into this with dating apps. Maybe you go out on a date or two and she's like, I just want to be friends. That's a soft pass. That's the way, that's a a girl's way of being like, I don't want to hurt your feelings because I do think she can't help that she's not attracted to you, by the way. Mm. It's chemicals. It's chemistry. It's natural. It's innate. That's why people just tear their clothes off each other sometimes. You just can't help it. That's why people cheat. Like it's just an attraction. Mm -hmm. Don't take it personally, even though it hurts. Girls deal with this all the time and men usually just ghost them. Yeah. So at least you're getting a soft rejection and you're well within your rights to whatever. I think there is a big, big, big difference between- I think I just gave contradicting advice, but I stand by the latter claim. 
I think there's a big difference between being, if you go out on a date with someone a couple of times, you really don't have a friendship and they're like, let's be friends. Totally, you're not a jerk for being like, you know what? No, I don't need another friend. That's okay. I think the issue comes where if you've been friends with someone for a long time, maybe just waiting for them to break up with someone so that you could swoop in. And then you're like, well, if you're not interested, I don't want to continue this friendship because then that can feel like it was all kind of a lie. So any friendship that you, that is a genuine friendship, it's, different and I that's your your question was about the friend zone people all the time start out as friends and then Mm -hmm. it develops into something more and I hate to say this because it sounds shitty the older you get and the longer you go without being in a relationship it's not that your standards drop but they change Mm -hmm. every girl wants the bad boy asshole when they're like 21 and then one day you're like I'm so tired and some nice guy is there nice guys finish last but you know what it means that they finish and everyone remembers they finished on you so if it's worth it and you do love this girl, if you're looking around just for like sloppy seconds, whatever, some people are worth having as friends. Uh, but at this point in your life, you probably don't need any more female friends. Yeah. As, and as long as you're not being deceptive in your intentions with people, I think it's totally fine. And you know what? If a girl says that to you, she gives you the decency being like, look, I really think you're great and you're all these things. I'm just not whatever. I'd love to be friends. She said something kind and you can return it. Be like, I think you're so great. Um, I'm really looking for that other partner and I don't want to divide my time like that. You right. know, so nothing, no offense. Let's just agree to disagree or just agree to not even be, you know, you don't have to have this big proclamation and be like, okay, and drift away. If she keeps coming back for you, then it's unkind. Yes. Like if she's like, I'm not sexually attracted to you and you're like, okay, I'm gonna keep my distance. She's like, hey buddy, what's up? That means she's fucking bored. And by the way, she will not be hitting you up like that when she has a boyfriend. Well, I'm telling you in zoos, they give a monkey a baby, a ragdoll baby. And they're like, here's your baby. And the monkey's like, I guess I'll treat this doll like a baby. You don't want to be that doll. Because if that monkey had a real baby, she'd throw that doll away. <laughs> you don't want to be the, you don't want to fill in a spot. No. Okay. Sarah in Vegas. You'll find someone. We just looked at your picture. You're fine. Sarah in Vegas uh, at Flower too. My question to you is, what if it's me that's the garbage person? My very good friend of almost a decade is always so generous and thoughtful. We've been living in separate states for the last five years, so basically half our friendship. She never forgets a birthday, always sends Christmas cards, and even outside of special occasions is constantly messaging me with just because gift ideas to me or my kids. I know it's because gift giving is her love language and she loves a reason to go shopping. I also make a mental note to reciprocate all her good gestures, but sometimes it's in convenient due to the time difference, or I feel like any gift idea I come up with will seem insignificant compared to how generous she is. Oftentimes I procrastinate holding out for that perfect idea until enough time has passed that it just seems like I don't care that I've forgotten. Mm. I do try to make make it a point to treat her to quality time when we get to visit one another. I always pick up the tab at restaurants and try to pay for our many petties before she has a chance to even glance at her credit card. But is it enough? She yes. never once complained or confronted me that my enthusiasm doesn't match hers. It's but just, sometimes the guilt just eats away at me. No, Help. you got to stop. First of all, you're very lucky to have a friend like that that reaches out, at least not the opposite, where you're like, because we get that a lot on this podcast. Like, I do everything and I retiled her roof and I tented her house yeah. for termites, but they're still in my underpants. And she doesn't say, thank you. You got a great friend there and your friend is still your friend because she feels you reciprocate enough. Yeah. She might be a total loser, by the way, and you're the only friend she has to buy stuff for. There's two versions here. One, first of all, carry on as you were. Mm-hmm. Clearly it's working. Mm-hmm. People are odd couples, you know, like, 
dirty people like dirty people and, gro- and clean people live together because it works. It balances. Opposites attract. Okay, whatever you're doing is fine, and I'm sure she appreciates it. Um, this idea that you get so paralyzed because it's not perfect. It'll never be perfect. And you will always feel her thing seems to be giving these gifts and doing that stuff. You'll never be her. And that's why you're friends because you're you. I think that it would be really sweet even if you express this to her. You say, hey, I just gotta be honest and this is eating away at me. I just wanna say thank you. You're such a great friend and you do this, this, and this. And I... I feel so bad because I feel like what I do isn't enough, you know, because I do this, this, and this, and I just, you're so good at it, and I never want to let you down. Give her a chance to be like, oh, my God, I never even, you know, or she'll say, yeah, you know, sometimes you don't really, and I I feel like I'm not being treated the way I want to be treated, but the truth is you're doing the best you can, and this is who you are, and that is what friendship's about. She's not your girlfriend. She's not your boyfriend you're both fulfilling your ends of the friendship. So until Mm -hmm. she says something, I think it's bothering you because she's so good at it, but let her be good at it. It makes her feel so good to do those things. Mm -hmm. And she just naturally is like that. You're not the person that naturally sends cards. And I'm sure you have a bunch of other shitty qualities that she loves. So if you want to say something to make yourself feel better, great, but it sounds like it's working just fine. I relate to this. I have a friend who is so thoughtful and every Christmas I see her, we were roommates in college and every Christmas I go back to Atlanta and I see her and she gets me the kindest gifts. And I'm like, here's a turd on a plate. And she's like, here's a prayer candle that looks like Sandra Bullock. And I'm like, oh my God, how, how did I bet? Like my manager is very good at giving gifts. She always get, and I already mentioned it. Like she always gives like a gift where you're like, sometimes you're like, oh, that's weird. Um, like that crying baby plate her and Joe got me. And I'm sure it'll be worth a lot of money one day. But it was, but the point is it was still cool and it was still like an expensive art piece. Yeah. Some people are really great at thinking and analyzing and figuring yeah. out the thing that you need. My husband's really good at that. I bet if you dedicated like five minutes, solid minutes of just thinking what would be great, you could come up with something. But the truth is you're not really wired like that. And I think that's okay. Some people are just better at it. I gave her rubber feet with hair on them that, from China that smelled like chemicals. Okay, so <laughs> so there's that. I think if you want to, um, if you want to pl- purge your soul of these negative thoughts, you could have her confirm what a bad friend you are. But I think the fact that you are thinking about it means maybe you could try a little bit harder. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Hi, my name is Noha. Hi. A very old Lebanese name pronounced Noha, not Noah, like everyone likes to say. I think I'm pronouncing it right. They said pronounced N-O-H-A, Noha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like you. I've grown up with an unusual name. And with that, as you know, comes constant correction of pronunciation. Every time I meet someone new, I find they need to know the story behind my name. I have had to explain the origin, pronunciation, history, and, well, Lebanese slash Arabs pronounce it differently, but it is easier to say noha. And then there is a whole other conversation. It's exhausting. I'm a fairly outspoken person and not afraid to tell someone, fuck off and leave me alone. Well, but I can't aggressive. always that's, do that's that. That's why you have no friends. Especially in business situations. I've been thinking about going by a plain name to avoid these types of unnecessary conversations for business purposes purposes, but I really do love my name and I'm proud of my heritage and everything that comes along with it. But for God's sake, I don't want to have the same fucking conversation every time. What do you think? Thank you for the pod. Helps me bring a smile on my face and don't panic pantry has helped my meal planning during this time. And I, Emily, have to say, I thought it was very funny because when you 
texted everyone and you're like, hey, and let me know if you want to be anonymous or not or if you want your name to be said. And she was like, well, you have to say my name or this to. doesn't make any sense. Well, there could be a lot of no-haws in Lebanon. That was very funny. She says she's Lebanese. Uh, yes. Okay. First of all, it's never been, just in terms of tolerance and people being afraid of being labeled horrible things, it's actually never been a better time to be other than white. Mm. Uh, like in LA, if you're like, my name is Clargon5, I'm from Mars and my pronouns are... Blah, people would be like, absolutely. Anything to avoid being called racist or homophobic. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with people with rampant Islamophobia, you know, you'd think, I'm assuming you're Islamic or, you're, or Muslim. Uh, you, I guess you could be Christian, uh, but you're Middle Eastern. You would, or nothing. Or nothing. But let's say you're Muslim. You would think people for fear of being called Islamophobes because we've also gotten this weird place where if you question anything, we're very quick to be like, well, you're an anti-Semite, which I say all the time. You're an Islamophobe. You're homophobic. We're very quick. No one can ask a fucking question. Use it to your advantage. My name is Noha. Oh, what's that? It's Muslim. And just stare right at him. Nobody is going to have a follow-up question. <laughs> I, I think there is something to, to the fact that we're not asking, like if a white person is like, my kid's name is Kadar, you're not like, oh, where did Kadar come from, right? Like, like there is that element of- white trash. Well, exactly, but you're, no one's asking. So is there is that element of otherness when they ask you where your name came from that I'm sure is like kind yeah. of the most frustrating part that, that they're not asking people who are just have stupid white people names. And a little bit of the fear of not even being ashamed of being Middle Eastern, but just all the grief that comes with it. Just yeah. being in America, which probably is the best place to be that- uh, despite everything that's happening. I think you just say, I don't think a fake name is Don't change worst. your name. Don't change it. She just means like saying, yeah, it's it's Noha is two syllables. For sure. People are dumb. Schlesinger is 100% phonetic. I know. And yet people, all of a sudden, my joke is that like, people are dumb as fuck. And then they're like, and then they're like Schlesinger. I'm like, so all of a sudden you have an understanding of German phonetics. But you don't, but you say things like, I would have ate. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's not a mind fuck. Uh, for your own peace of mind, if you want to just say your name is Sam, just to avoid it, I get it. But this is part of the blessing and a curse of having a unique name. You don't owe them anything. How do you say it? It's pronounced noha. Oh, cool. What is it? It's Lebanese. Done. Anything beyond that, you should be like, I, sorry, I don't want to do this. Well, you don't tell uh, them to fuck off. And then, yeah, then or, they'll be like, oh, wow, that Lebanese girl. Or like, you'll have to ask my parents. I don't know. <laughs> got named. You know, Noah. You know, this idea, and it sucks too because you don't want to be rude and then they're like, wow, what did I do wrong? Everybody, and I'm sure there are times in your life where you've done that. Like, what does that tattoo mean? Oh, what does that dog's name mean? Like asking people. People mm-hmm. just like to know stuff. Yeah. Come from a place of, oh, they're just curious and they want to make sure they say it right. You're just going to have to deal with it. Can they, because she started asking their name, like if their name's Tom, well, where'd Nobody Tom cares. come from? Nobody cares where Tom came from. Nobody cares. I want her to keep saying that her name is Noha. Yeah, and- you should. You should not abandon. Well, that's also how, be- like, that's how a culture gets watered down is in the, you're striving to assimilate, you start to lose pieces of it. Mm-hmm. So you should be proud that it's Noha. They should get over it. Um, And you don't just be like, it's Lebanese. I can't yeah. imagine anyone having a question beyond that. Beyond that, right. Or just quick, it's Lebanese, it means bird. You know, that's it. Or it's, it's a common Lebanese name. You know what? Like Sam. And if someone has, yeah, common love, they don't fucking know. No, no. one's going to be like, actually, it's not. And be like, okay, then you shouldn't have any questions. Right. Uh, nobody's got any questions beyond that. And if they do, be like, what are you, making a list? <laughs> you going to ICE? You're going to write me out? 
You trying to name your own baby? Yeah. Are you pregnant? You look it. Is this a, a Muslim list you're making? So, but uh, unfortunately, this is part of the terrain. That being said, if I ever have a child, I'm going to give the child a weird name. I think it builds character. Ugh. I am. Blargon6 from the planet Kryptiar. Not to be confused with Krypton. Hi, Eliza. Baby arm, invisible Scotty, smoky husky, and the precious Tianfu. I love all the content you put out into the world, especially of late. It's keeping me positive. With everything going well, that's on- that's a weird side effect. <laughs> everything going on and TBH before this, I've been having a hard time with being motivated and self-disciplined, i.e. working out, eating healthy, getting a routine down, etc. Do you have any good tips to help me get off my ass and do good things for myself? I need some tough love and I don't have enough strong-willed women around to give me a good dose or three. Sin- sincerely- Danny. Okay, Danny, look, you're going to get gross and you don't want that. You don't want to come out of this quarantine worse than when you went in. It is totally okay to comfort eat. I've been doing a lot of that. It's totally okay to self-soothe, self-medicate. You want a glass of wine. You want to smoke some pot. Maybe that's your thing. I don't know. I find that the if I make it lovely, if I make it nice, it helps me. And that means sometimes I will lay out nicely my workout clothes for the next day, set the alarm. You know, sometimes you don't get up, but just knowing that the clothes are there, I find the hardest part of working out sometimes is actually just putting the clothes on. Because once they're on, you're like, all right, I may as well just go to it. That's just for me personally. Yeah. Also being out of breath is hard. Set out the stuff. Make, pre-make your food. Like do whatever you can to make the next day as if it's been planned for you. Write a schedule. I don't know what you do for a living. Be like 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. I drink coffee. I fuck around. I check my social media. 11 to 1, I write. Or, you know, make your own little fake schedule. That way, when 5 o'clock comes, you feel like you've done something. Uh Make a list of all the things that you were wanting to do that you never had time for. I've been doing that. You'd be surprised at how much you can fill up your day. When it comes down to working out, work out. Just do it, even if it's a slow thing. And take check in with how good you feel after. And just know that that feeling will never go away. It's not like drugs. We're always chasing a dragon. You will always feel good after you work out. Um, And people don't like that I say this, but like try to earn all that junk food and earn that relaxing and those binging of TV. You don't want to feel like garbage the whole day. You want to feel like you, like the, the pros are weighing perfectly with the cons right? I ran today and then I did a bunch of uh, activities and now I've earned zenning out for eight hours watching Mad Men doing crossword puzzle. Because life's about that balance. It's not about vilifying you for having snacks. It's about feeling good about the bad choices you're making. Mm-hmm. Kick it. I figured out the, the dumbest trick um, for editing my podcast and because I have a really hard time motivating myself to do it. I think it's very boring listening to my own voice through and cutting it. And I realized the stupidest psychological trick was to do it in five-minute increments because the episodes are like 30 minutes. And if I cannot touch my phone or open another tab for five minutes, I find when I get to the end of five minutes, I'm like, yes, I did it. Yeah. And it really, like just breaking down your tasks into little bite-sized pieces where you can feel like, okay, I did this part, you know. studying. They say like take breaks and have a snack. Also, the saddest part is when you like do check your social media, like after like a couple hours and you realize, oh, nothing (laughs) happened. I didn't need to be compulsively checking this. But yeah. also build in fun. Like I'm going to do a facial for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Look as if you had a job. What are all the things that you don't have time to do and do those things? Yeah. Check it. Uh, top of the cob time. Okay. It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. And that's the song. That song will never go out of style. 
Um, well, my top of the cob was going to be running, but I kind of already answered it. I mean, it can, you can still say it's your favorite thing. What I like about it, and by the way, I'm not running that far, but it's the fact that I'm doing it and I'm engaging my core, my glutes. Uh, I like that I'm not great at it. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at most things that I do, which is the reason I do them. I don't Mm -hmm. tend to do things that I'm bad at. Um, I like the idea that I'm getting a little bit better at something that I've never liked or been great at. And I like that I'm finding pleasure in something that I've always actively hated. Mm-hmm. I like being outside. Um, I like feeling like it's summer camp. So running. I wish I had a flatter surface, but feels good. Probably burning like 80 calories, but still. Okay. okay. Uh, my top of the cob is now that we don't have outside plans, making little other plans like me and my friend uh, made a little date night to play Grand Theft Auto Online. And we went and we fought some gangs together and we talked on the phone while we played and we just laughed and it was really nice because it's a friend that doesn't even live here. So we wouldn't have been able to see each other anyway. But it, to have that little thing, like to know at the end of my day, okay, I'm going to do this at 6 p.m. I'm going to do this fun thing to look forward game. To. Yeah, and, and it's hard. I think not having something to look forward to is just... Such a bummer. And so that's even making like dumb, like I'm going to play this game for an hour made such a difference in how I felt yesterday. Totally. Allowing yourself the fact that you are grieving the loss of your normal life mm-hmm. and setting up little moments of sunshine a little bit more than you would have normally because we don't have all of our normal vices. Well, and everything right now, especially like working at home, there's not a big delineation in days and even week to weekend. And so everything just kind of blurs together into one big meh. Yeah. And and having little specific moments allows me to kind of get out of that. Totally. My bottom of the cob was going to be this totally crazy neighbor that we have who works out on his porch and yells at us uh, and plays Hotel California from like really shitty speakers. So that's one thing. Uh, we walked the dog the other day and the dog started pooping. And I think he thought he was caught. I think he thought he caught us like letting our dog take a dump mm-hmm. and a car went by and he yelled something. We didn't hear it. And just then Noah bent down. I like gave him, we bent down to pick it up and he yelled something and Noah goes, what? And the guy goes, yeah, you heard me. And Noah was like, actually I didn't, but I think he saw that like we were already picking it up, but he decided to double down. Yeah. So don't let your dog shit in my yard. We're like, it's not the yard. It's the street that we all own because of taxes. He was like, yeah, well, I got to smell it. And it's just like, okay, well, it's being picked up. So it like, you could just tell like he was like looking for someone to fight with. But my other bottom of the cob is this. The other day I said on my, and only like two people complained, but still it bothered me. Um, I worked out and I was like, oh, what's a captain for this? You know, cause you don't want to just put your sweaty face. So I was like, oh, really earning my snacks. And this girl was like, really disappointed, Eliza. That promotes eating disorders, earning your snacks. Listen to me, okay? We are a country that's obsessed with weight, being too thin, being overweight. A big part of this existence in this country is thinking about your weight. And you don't have to, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but I'm saying as you get older, it is harder and harder to lose weight. I am not overweight, but and I don't think I ever would be, but it's still something that I think about and the way that I feel. And I do think there's a healthy way to think about earning something. I don't calorie count. I don't weigh my food. But I said this one thing, I'm like earning my snacks because you are, you're working out and I won't feel that bad about eating. And there are days I ate half a box of Captain Crunch yesterday and then like five Japanese biscuits. And I went to bed and I was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. It me. Um, but just because I said that, that's you uh, interpreting it for your own life. I didn't say something racist. I didn't say something anti- anyone, I said, this is how I'm seeing it. 
this idea that you're looking to me, a stand-up comedian, and yes, I know that I am more to a lot of people than that, and I appreciate that, and that's valuable, but you don't get to decide how I live my own life, and you don't get to decide the method with which I message people. Mm -hmm. So if you get offended by something, let's remember the 99.99% of other things that you weren't offended at that might bother someone else. I will always take into consideration a way to uh, more gently say things or to be uh, sensitive. I always want to be on the woke side of history, but reprimanding me especially when you're coming from a hurt place, never works. Getting angry at me because of your own agenda and because I didn't fulfill some sort of fantasy you had, I'm never going to. I will never bat a thousand. I will never make anyone happy. And I don't know when we started deciding that comedians slash celebrities had to be everything to everyone. So if you don't like the way I message something, I and I think enough people would message me if I said something actually offensive and I would take that into account. But if you don't like the way I did one thing or delivered something, that's not on me. That's on you. And you're putting your issue on me. I wasn't speaking directly to you. I do think there's a little bit of earning it. And I never say that. So the fact that I said it once, it's not like I've set up like an anorexic photo gallery. And I'm like, send me your pictures of your bones. You got to, young girls have to stop being angry at people who are lighting the way for something because they didn't do it perfectly. It's just, I'm, I didn't sign up to be everything to everyone. Okay, I'm not a morning talk show host. I'm a comedian. Let's not ever forget that. I think there's something to be said for the fact that snacks are a motivator for you specifically in the same way that maybe someone could be like, well, I'm going to work out for an hour before I play my video game. You know, The and- fact that I chose to use the word earn, get over it. I'm, I'm so done. There are things that you're going to need to apologize for in this lifetime, things that you'll have to reckon with. But day to day, I think I do a pretty good job of boosting morale, being good to people and whatever. And I, you don't need to write me about this. I feel fine. I have made my peace a long time ago with the fact that I'm not perfect. So you need to stop acting like I need to deliver perfection. I'm not a guru. But that would be cool. Join us next week for another hey. episode. What? Oh, it's you. Okay. I'm by my cop. Okay, let's hear it. It's so hot outside. <laughs> That's it. It's so hot. It's not. And I'm in the valley and oh. I'm on the second floor and I don't have air conditioning. Don't you? I have a box like okay, a window so unit so you that I that I lay in front of. Me and Gracie just lay in front of it and hope for the best. And it's I'm dying. I can't get into this conversation about rent with you because every time I'm like move somewhere, you're like, I can't. I can't. There's nothing. There's nothing. Okay. I'm sorry. That's just my bottom of the cup. It's hot. It's too hot. There was like it's a heat wave. It was like a hundred degrees. It's cooled off today though. Today's better. Absolutely. But but being on the second floor, my my apartment is built in car- dark carpeting. It's just hot. Okay. I have an idea. Uh-huh. Put the air on full blast, seal everything, leave. That way when you come in, it's cold. Also put up Christmas lights and play Christmas music so it feels cold. Here's the problem. The Jingle. way that my AC is, and I've had this argument no, please, with my- These people don't want to hear this. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.